Jesus, God, appreciate your help in that. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come. We thank God for the wonderful privilege of being able to gather uh, together today uh, to experience both the Word and the move of the Spirit. God, we thank you for the great privilege of getting to study the Word of God together. God, it's the Word that changes our lives. It's the Word that our lives are to be built upon. It's the Word uh, that can withstand the wind, the rain, the beatings of the storms of life that we are all going to experience in life down here. And so, Father God, I just pray that you would give to each person taking part in the service today and those watching by live stream, that, Father God, that they would be given the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you. May the eyes of their understanding be flooded with light, that they might know, Father God, what is the hope of your calling, what is the riches of the glory of thine inheritance in the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of your power to usward who believe. God, give me utterance today. I stand here today helpless without your anointing and without your grace. But I thank you I'm not without that anointing. I'm not without your grace. And so I just make a demand on that supernatural gift that Jesus gave to me, that gift of a pastor. God, let it be operational today uh, in the fullest measure that the people could say that they were pastored today. We just thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. If you were here last week, I, you would know I preached a message on faith. I want to sort of follow up with that. I don't know that we're on a series. Uh, we'll see. But I had more in my heart that I didn't get out that I want to get out to us uh, about uh, living by faith and walking by faith. Amen. In uh, 1 John chapter number 5, I have my amplified translation of this ready, so that's what I'll read from. And uh, so locate that verse. Actually, it's 1 John 5, 4. Uh, praise God. Let me turn and I'll get caught up with where I want to be on my notes here. Notice the Apostle John says, For whatever is born of God is victorious over the world. And this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. Hallelujah. Now it's very interesting. Most people, I did this for many years. I read 1 John 5, 4 and this is the way I read it. Whoever is born of God overcomes the world. And you know that's true. Romans chapter 8 calls us an overcomer if we're children of God, born of God. But is that what this says? It doesn't say whoever is born of God. It says whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Hallelujah. Amen. So we want our lives to be filled with things that were authored by God. Amen. Because if you authored whatever you're pursuing, there's no promise that your plan, that what you author, that what you begin, come on, you could say it this way, we have no promise that what we author, uh, that what we pursue that God's not in, we have no promise that that will last, that it will uh, overcome the forces of opposition that come against our lives. Amen. Psalm 127, you don't have to turn there, verse number one says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain that build it. Amen. Uh, because it's not going to stand the tests of time, the oppositions of the enemy. Praise God. And uh, so I want, the, I want it, as much of my life, the goal would be all of my life, everything I put my hand to, all that I would 
um, you know, be active in would be of faith and be authored by God. You want to know why that uh, this, this ministry uh, is still here? You know, I don't know how many ministries I've seen. It'd be interesting to, to sit down and calculate that. Uh, I've been here since November of 2001, pastoring here in Paducah. And uh, the number of ministries and churches that have popped up and exploded with growth, and they're not even having services today. For whatever reason, they were overcome. Right? We just have to say we're not picking on anybody, but they started something, they're not here. Amen? And through all the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs and all of the you know, ebbs and flows of what happens in a community, and we're still a young church, relatively speaking, you know, praise God, we were incorporated in 1986. Uh, but uh, amen, the reason that we're here is because we're authored of God. Whatever is born of God. You know, all the things that we faced uh, in developing this campus, building this campus in those really early pioneering type years, faced impossible situations. I mean, totally, utterly impossible situations. How did we overcome it? Well, God, over, you know, faith overcame it. Because this project was authored by God. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. You know, the plan of God for your family. Right? Not your plan. But the plan of God that He has authored for your family, that's what you want. You may think you want your plan, but you don't. Because your plan will be overcome. But God's plan for your family, God's plan for your life cannot be overcome because it was born of Him. It was authored of Him. It sprang forth from the Creator, and what is born of Him cannot be defeated, cannot be overcome. Amen? Let go of all that you want and embrace all that He has. You'll be more fulfilled. And your, your life won't reflect the defeat and the heartache and the frustration and the disappointment that so many Christians' lives reflect. I know, so, I know more Christians that are frustrated going backwards, being overcome, living in defeat, not enjoying victory. And they're children of God and they love Jesus with all their heart. But they have yet to get a revelation of living in the will of God for their lives, making whatever changes that would be required to get in the flow, get on the path of God's will and stay there, and then learn how to really, I'm not talking about lip service, but really live by faith. Amen. Amen. You know, faith, uh, faith is the most important thing I can think of to your life. Amen. Faith is the currency of heaven. Faith is what you give God in exchange for what you won't need from Him. And uh, to be blunt with everyone, because, you know, I just, I appreciate this about me, if I could say that. That I wanted, I told the Bible students in California, listen, you're just going to have to forgive me. If you're new to me, get to know me. I'm just kind of, there it is, yeah. right? Just kind of blunt and plain spoken. But there's a reason for that, right? And that is, I don't want anyone, no matter how new, to misunderstand the truth I'm endeavoring to communicate. 
I'm a little bit like my spiritual father, Dr. Michael Jacobs, in the sense that if you don't get me, then that's on you because there's nothing complicated about me. Amen? And uh, so I'm about to make one of those statements, and, and that is, it doesn't matter how much you love God and how much He loves you. If you don't get in faith and stay in faith about whatever that is, your answer's not coming. There's no victory coming. Right? So if you don't get in faith for healing, there's no healing coming. Except what the doctors could bring you. And what natural medical science could bring you. Well, God loves me. I know He... No, He loves you. But love doesn't have anything to do with you believing Him. That's on you and having faith in Him. You know, some people really think, I, I've, I've gotten in that mode before. God is going to fix this just for the sheer fact that I am desperate. I mean, I'm just desperate. i got to... Right? You know, God doesn't move and bring victory into people's lives because of desperation. If that were the case, if that were true, guess what? Everyone who got desperate would get their answer. That there would come this critical mass where God goes, oh, let's help them. And thank God for the times He intervenes in spite of us. You know, not because of us, but in spite of us. And He is merciful and He will do things. But we just must understand faith is our part. Faith is our part in this equation. And if we don't bring faith for our bodies and for healing, you're going to go to, you're going to, go to heaven early. And I don't want to go, I, I'm going to heaven, you understand that? But I don't want to go to heaven through the door of a debilitating disease. If you study your Bible carefully, you'll find it you don't have to. Hallelujah. Amen. But it takes living close to God. It takes keeping a real tight, you know, rain on your tongue. He that would love life and see good days. Let him refrain his tongue from evil and that is keep his lips from speaking any guile, right? See, our mouths get our lives in trouble a lot of times. Yeah, preaching good already. Amen. But listen, will, will your loving Heavenly Father watch the sheriff come and foreclose on your home? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Doesn't he love me? He'll love you all the way through it, cry with you, put his loving presence of his uh, holy arm around you and comfort you. Well, how come that happened? Well, it's not on his side. He never fails. We stumbled in our faith. Amen? Well, listen, not, that's not to condemn or beat up anybody. We've all had uh, mishaps and things happen where, for whatever reason, it didn't come out the way we wanted it to come out. Just the thing is, be humble, be honest. You know, if there's failure, God wouldn't end the failure. God's not killing babies. He's not afflicting grandmas with cancer. He's not blowing people's barns down. You know what I mean? Hallelujah. So the thing is, we, we should center up and all get PhD level good on the subject of faith. Because if we don't bring Him our faith, He doesn't have anything to work with. Go over in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 11. Hallelujah. 
Which is why in our church, in our ministry, you're going to hear so much about faith. You can't get saved without faith. You can't be filled with the Spirit, speak with other tongues without faith. You can't be healed without faith. Come on, you're not going to walk in divine protection without faith. The angels are not going to be able to get involved with you in, in your life to protect you and to work for you and help you if you don't have faith. Amen. Your bills won't go paid if you don't have faith. They'll go unpaid if you don't bring faith. How about just bringing faith so that we can have a sound mind? That's huge. And walk in peace and have a little bit of joy. How about have a lot of joy? <laughs> Amen. Hebrews 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. So here this verse tells us that there is something that God uses to give substance to the thing that you want and desire. What is it? Faith gives substance to the thing that you hope for. Amen? So if your hope is to be divinely protected as you drive, you go in, you go out, you go places. Amen? Well then, the substance of that is going to be you believing Him for that. And you standing on specific promises in His Word for that. And that you hold to it faithfully. Amen? And the same is true for every Bible promise and benefit out there. God needs the spiritual force of faith that comes from you to mold and shape, to give substance and to bring into reality the thing that you want from Him. And if we don't bring that, then there's no, there's no substance coming. Where there is no faith, there is no substance. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Skip down to verse number 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. Now the word please there in the Greek, I wrote in my Bible, I looked it up, it means to satisfy. To satisfy. So without faith it is impossible to satisfy Him. Amen. Glory to God. It is impossible to satisfy Him for he that comes to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So now where we were last week, we were talking about, I had said and made this statement, if you weren't here, I'll catch up a little bit, that uh, really understanding the spiritual force of faith, what faith is, is not hard. You know, the Holy Spirit helps us, He enlightens us, the Scriptures are very plain about it, amen? Faith means believe, faith means trust. Faith means to rely wholeheartedly on the word of another. It means to talk and act in line with the promise of someone who's got the ability to bring that thing to pass. Amen. And so that's what faith is. Understanding how to get faith. You only need to know one scripture to show you from the Bible, amen, how to get all the faith you'll, your life will ever need. It's Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing, by, notice faith does not come by crying. Faith doesn't come by whining. Faith doesn't come because you get desperate. Hello? Faith doesn't come by your praying for it. He didn't say faith comes when you ask Him for faith. 
Father, give me faith. Oh, Father, if I just had the faith. Father, give me Kenneth Copeland faith. Father, he's not hearing that. He can't act on that. There's no response coming except correction. Loving correction. Faith does not come by your praying for it. Faith simply comes by hearing. By hearing. Hearing what? Hearing by the Word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. That's why you want to sit under a ministry. Have your family submitted to a ministry that preaches something more than self-help and cotton candy messages. You want to bring your family's ears to a place where they hear the Word of God quoted on the biggest things that you face out there every day. Amen. It's just a shocker to me if you were to put put 50 churches in our city in a jar, their names, and you pull them out randomly and, and judge them. Do they preach faith? Do they preach healing? Do they preach divine protection? Do they preach pride? Do they ever have a healing line? Do they ever lay hands upon the sick? Do they, do they ever minister on the authority of the believer? I wonder how many of those 50 would, we'd have to go, you don't fit the bill. Amen. I'd bet it'd be a lot. Maybe you get one or two that does something. Faith comes by hearing. And you don't have to go to church to hear it. That's a great place. But how about your own mouth speaking so that you can hear? Huge. Huge. But anyway, I could run down that trail. I'm not going to. What faith is, understand that, not hard. Understanding how do I get faith to be healed? How do I get faith to be filled with the Spirit? Hear. That's it. Hear what God says about it. And faith will come. And if faith doesn't come, when you hear, then God lied. And let's shut the church down and go party. Because he lied about it. I'm not following. I'm not worshiping a liar. I'm not going to give all this money I give for a lie. If you'll hear the word of God, whatever that word is saying, faith for that will come when you hear it. Period. Okay? So now we know very simply what faith is, how to get in faith, then even the operation of faith, how to release our faith, that's not hard either. Jesus took two two little verses, three little verses in Mark 11. He said, speak to the mountain. He didn't say, whine to God about your mountain. He said, speak to the mountain, command it to be moved, and believe in your heart that what you said to the mountain will be done, that it will come to pass, that God will climb up in your words and make what you said come to pass. You have to believe that that's happening. Right? And he says, the one who does that, he or she will have whatever they say. Then he put another little twist on it in the next verse. And whatever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive it at the time you pray, and you'll have it. And then the only other thing he adds to that is make sure that you forgive in verse 25. That if you don't forgive, you're going to have, if you're going to fuss and you're going to fight, you're going to be in strife. We're going to talk about that today in healing school, I believe. This afternoon, 4.30. Everybody can come if they want to. (laughs) Amen. Well, then that's going to short circuit your... But that's it. You know everything you really need to know about faith. Okay, so let's get to it. What's hard then? Why aren't we all just giants in faith? Why don't we all come in every Sunday parading our faith victory around? My trophy I got. 
the, the manifestation of the promises. Some of us, some of us are, but all of us could do better. Amen? Well, it's the staying in faith that's the challenge. You see, in prayer, when you release your faith, the battle is won or lost in the time between amen and there it is. What you and I do in that time between Amen. You know what I mean by amen? In other words, you've released your faith, you've said your prayer, you spoke to the mountain. Amen. That's critical. See, now you've launched out in faith. You're in faith now. And in the realm of the Spirit, things are happening. But you don't evidently see it. When Jesus spoke to that fig tree, if you were to look at it right after He spoke, no different. No different in the natural. That tree just mocked Him. Right? No difference to the natural eye, but his words, he believed what he said to that tree would come to pass. And 24 hours later, he wasn't looking, but Peter pointed it out, and that tree had withered from the root. Notice, it started where you couldn't see. The effect of the words first started where, it could, where you couldn't see the effect of it, but eventually it showed up and it's withered and died. The effect of His words had come to pass. Amen. But there is often a space of time, and sometimes that, that time can be considerable. Right? Between amen and there it is. The there it is is the answer, the manifestation of it. What we do in this period, that's where, that's where 98% of the battle is lost for most people. Is in this standing time. Amen. Go over to Ephesians chapter 6. You know, the Bible talks about we being steadfast, immovable in our faith. The moment we take a stand on the word, you think the enemy, our adversary, is just going to let that go unopposed? I know you've lived for God long enough to know that that's not so. God's not the only one over in that spirit realm watching. We have an adversary. Amen? Amen. He sees you, big woman of faith and power. Pray a powerful, faith-filled prayer over your baby for healing. He goes, hmm, okay. And he's going to oppose you in some way. You release your faith for you need $500 to come in to meet your rent and you need it in two weeks' time, and you fed on the Word, and faith came, and you released your faith and spoke to the mountain and commanded the money to come. Now what are you going to do for two weeks? Right? Are you going to stay in faith? Or are you going to falter? Are you going to waver? Are you going to be moved off your stand? Amen. So this is where we need fortification. This is where we need encouragement. This is where so many of us, we need to be instructed strongly about what to do in the interim time when my eye doesn't see and it looks like it's going from bad to worse. It looks like my faith is working in the opposite direction. Amen? Of what to do. Well, Paul speaks about this in Ephesians 6, verse 10. He says, finally, my brethren, what's he say? 
Be strong. If you don't get anything out of what I've taught, amen, those two words is what I'd like you thinking about when you leave here. Be strong. Faith requires that we be strong. Not weak. Not faint-hearted. We have to be strong. Because, listen, it's not fun to feel things. It's not fun to feel the, the effect of the spirit of fear attacking your mind and working up your emotions. It's not fun to feel that. Right? But we have to feel that and not be moved. Feel that and not react to it the way it wants us to react. We can't, we've got to learn how to see things we don't want to see, hear things we don't want to hear, things that contradict what the Word says that we're standing on, and be unmoved, unshaken by things we don't like seeing. Like when the doctor says. When the test result shows this. When the bank account screams, I empty. <laughs> right? Amen. So what does he say? Be strong. Now, not strong in yourself. He didn't say anything about you being strong in yourself. A lot of believers miss it like that. They're like, oh, oh. they're trying to be strong in themselves. That's not going to work. He says, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Come on, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Amen. Now, the Lord is the Word. Jesus is the Word. He's the Lord. He's the Word. So He's saying, be strong in the Word. And then He's saying, and the power of His might. That's the Holy Ghost. Be strong in the Spirit. These are the two ingredients He says uh, will put us in a place of standing in an immovable position, unmoved by whatever we see, feel, hear that contradicts until the answer shows up. And this is required. Amen. All of us will have our faith tested by the heat of pressure and circumstances. Now he goes on and does a whole teaching, that's not what I want to get into, about the armor of God, right? But vitally important. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to do what? See, stand. Stand against the wiles, this word means the schemes or the strategies of the devil. Really in the Greek, you really study that out, it means a road. The devil, he's got one road, he's got a path that he goes and that's his strategy. It's really only one strategy, and that is to attack your mind. He doesn't have access to your spirit. Faith is of your spirit, but he's got to get you to cooperate with him to move off your stand of the word if he's going to sabotage your faith, if he's going to be able to keep that promise from coming to pass. And the only inroad he has left is your mind. And so he is going to attack. He's going to come on the road of attack towards your mind. Like, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? What you gonna do? You ever had that one come? You're not thinking that, but from the outside in, this unwelcome accusation and thought, he'll hold that thing that you're facing before you and go, what are you gonna do? And notice, he wants you to do something. You see, in faith, it's not up to me to heal myself. 
I'm not the healer. It's not my job to pay my own bills. I have a part, work, don't eat, all that kind of stuff. But see, Dr. Dufresne, he taught me, Chris, you do the trusting, God does the doing. Stay out of his part. You can't do God's part. My job is real simple. Your job is real simple. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Believe him. Hold to what he said. That's it. Amen. Okay. But you're going to have to put a defense up against your mind because that's how the enemy is going to try to get you out of faith. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all. What are you going to do? I did that, Pastor. Uh, Pastor, really, I'm having a hard time. Well, you need to do this, this, and this. I did that. Okay. Now what are you going to do? Stand there. But it's raining in my life. Stand there. The wind's blowing it. Stand there. I'm facing a storm. Stand there. You remember last week we talked about Matthew 7? Jesus said, He that hears these sayings of mine and does them, I'll like unto him as a wise man who built his house, his life on the rock, and the wind, and the rain descended, and the flood came, but it did not, right? The big bad wolf was not able to knock the little piggy's house down because it was built on the rock. Amen. But notice, did the house built on the rock experience rain and flood and wind and storm? What did the house do? Did it do anything special? It just stood there. Praise God. It just stood there till it stopped raining. Oh, pastor, these symptoms have been, man, I've, for two weeks, just stand there. On the word, by his stripes, I am healed. It is as God says in the name of Jesus. Amen. We have got to learn. Paul said, if you've done everything, then stand. That's what you do. Okay, Paul. Okay, Pastor Chris. How long do I have to stand? Until it stops raining, until the sunshine comes out, till the healing springs forth. Come on, till the bill shows up, till the situation turns. But don't you dare move off the Word. Don't say anything other than what the Word says. And if you're anything like me, you may have to bite your tongue in half at times. Because when you're feeling things mentally and emotionally, it's amazing how much your mouth wants to say what it feels. Let a mousetrap just pop on that thing. I mean... It is, right? So I want to give you real quick, I'm looking at the time, a few things that I have learned in my life that are keys that have helped me when I've been facing pressure about how to keep standing there. Okay? None of them are real deep, but they're all powerful. Amen? And that is what I first alluded to. Hebrews 4.14, we'll just give you the reference. And that is you must hold fast to your confession. You must hold fast to your confession. Brother Hagin taught us hold fast means hold hard. Hold hard. You know, when, when, when Ryan was born, they were supposed to do within, I think, the first 24 hours or so, they were supposed to do a specific test on every baby for this nutrient or something to make sure that 
the baby had enough of it. Otherwise, this particular birth defect or, or thing could develop. And they didn't do that with Ryan. We didn't know it. And then they did some sort of test. And we got the results right after we brought... You correct me if I get this wrong. Okay, they did the test but never sent the result. And in fact, it showed that she needed this thing. And that she didn't get it within the necessary framework of time. And they wanted to do further testing. Well, we just submitted that, but we, we have this little infant here and we're wanting, as every parent does, we want our babies healthy, yeah. right? And so we, we joined hands, we got in the Word, we released our faith you know, on the healing prior. I don't remember what specific scriptures we stood on back then, but we got in faith about our healing. But we had to wait and wait and wait for days for that paperwork to come back, for that new test. And do you know, can you imagine how the devil tried to wreak havoc on us for two weeks? He'll take that empty space of time where there is no news and he will do everything he can to beat you over the head, to get you in fear, to get you over into worry, into anxiety. And he wants you to talk that because if you do, you're not in faith and he can, he can put it on you then. And so what we did is we just stood and we cast our cares. We, we took authority over our thoughts. But I'm just telling you, we held fast to what we said in prayer. It is as we say in the name of Jesus. And of course the test results came and she's perfect baby. Perfect baby. Amen. But see, there's that period of time where we had to stand. I remember a time not long after I moved here where I, uh, I noticed... I think it was on my arm, I noticed a cyst come up on my arm, about the, about the size of a normal size marble, real hard. And then uh, I didn't think too much about it. And then over the next several days, I found another one. And then I found another one. And then over a period of about 10 days, I had 10 or 12 of them show up. And if you know anything about my story, you know my, my, both my granddads died of cancer. And that's something the devils like to try to, you know, when I was a young man, I had this thought, I didn't know what I know today. I didn't know, I didn't really know that there was a devil that would come after you like that. So I just thought it was me. But I had this unwelcome barrage of thoughts as a teenager in my early 20s. I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill you. You're going to go out just like your granddad. I'm going to kill you with cancer. And I'd have this thought come to my mind in that, in those words. And so I, you know, I finally got a hold of that and Realized it, learned spiritually, grew, and, and got on top of that thing of the enemy. But when these things came up, he tried that again. <laughs> Here we go. See, I told you. And so finally, I just decided, you know what? I'm going to go to the doctor because it was a mystery. And sometimes it just helps me to know what I'm dealing with. Put a name on it because Jesus, is a, he's got a name that's above every name. So I want to I know the name because I know whatever name they give me is beneath that. And so I went to the doctor's office and he, uh, he got me in an MRI machine and, and took pictures. And it's, it's funny how the Lord will help you, you know, little things. And when I, when I got out of there, the doctor said, well, uh, it's going to take me about 48 hours to get the results. But I, I'm just telling you, I don't think it's anything. And when he said, I don't think it's anything, it's like God used those words. I don't know, God used those words to kind of zap it. But he said, I want you back in here in, in that amount of time. Well, it's just like all that fear and anxiety left when those doctors said, no, nah, I'm not putting faith in the doctor. Just something mysterious kind of happened there. 
the fear was kind of deflated when he said that. And it kind of put me over the hump, and I, I just entered into faith in a new way. Not on the doctor's words, but I just, I had gotten past the fear. So much of the time, it's not faith for healing, it's getting past the fear that's keeping healing from coming. You've got to get on top of the fear. Fear's a killer. Amen? And uh, so I came back at the allotted time, and he got me back up on the examining table, and they'd, they'd all disappeared. They just all disappeared. But I'm just telling you, one of the things I've learned is I, ha- I, have, to, I have to say what God says about it and nothing else. And there is a fight to keep your tongue on the word. You let your tongue get hooked up with your feelings and your mind and your emotions and the devil's going to whip you. Amen. So that's number one. Number two, and you saw that there, is you have to answer wrong thoughts with your mouth. You know, it's just, we've heard this before, but it's just such a key. When wrong thoughts come, don't leave that unanswered. You talk back. A thought that you don't talk back to will grow. Will grow. A wrong thought that you don't answer will continue to grow against you in strength. So you have to answer it with the Word. Amen? And depending on the intensity of the storm you're facing, you may spend all your day long doing that. I'm telling you, all day long. You may spend the bulk of, you mean you got to function, right? But you may spend all your time answering that thought. You may answer it a thousand times in a 24-hour period. You do it if you have to. Don't. You know, a lot of times people think their faith is losing. They're losing the battle because that wrong thought comes so repeatedly and intensely. Like Pastor Nancy said, if the UPS guy stands up on my porch outside my deadbolted door and is with a box of rattlesnakes that I didn't order and he knocks on the door all day long, is he in? He's not in my house. It doesn't matter how, how boldly or how persistently he knocks on the door and says, I got delivery for you. I got, don't you hear me knocking out here? Open the door. Right? His persistence is no sign that my faith is failing. He's not in the house. Just keep the door shut. Amen. You just got to outlast the devil. That's what standing means. I'm going to outlast you. I am going to outlast you. And I, I'm doing, I'm, praise God. I'm just going to outlast him. In all that I'm facing. You're going to have to as well. You're just going to have to outlast him. Here's another key. So help me. I'm getting more and more understanding on this all the time. And that is praise and worship God. Praise and worship God. Amen. See, praise and worship, that's get your mind off your, get your mind off that. Turn your back on the devil. Be like Hezekiah. Hezekiah turned his back, he turned his face to the wall. He said, I, I'm done with you. I'm done with thoughts. I'm done with the devil. I, everything stops. It's me and God. And just focus on him and praise him and worship him and praise him and worship him. And the longer you do that, your problems will become smaller and he'll get bigger. Right? You keep praising Him until that impossible mountain looks like a mold hill you're going to just step over. 
And it may seem dry with no anointing on it, but you just go, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I worship you, Father. It is as you say. You're such a wonderful healer. Glory to God. I don't care, I don't care what little Johnny's doing. He looks pretty crazy right now, but hallelujah. I trained him in the way that they should go, and you said, Father, that when they get old, they won't depart from it. I thank you that you're moving in the life of my baby. You're turning my son back to you. Glory to God. Father, I don't know how. It's not my job, but I thank you. You're my provider. You're such a wonderful provider. I thank you for all the times you sustain me, and you're going to do it again. You're the same yesterday and today and forever. And I just so thank you that all my needs are met. And you stay right there. Just stay right in that mode. It's what you got to do if you're going to stand. But if you'd rather call all your friends for pity and petting and attention like that, you can have that, but you can't have that and be in faith too. <laughs> Let me just tell you, oh my God. <laughs> you can do that. Go for it. But you can't do that and be in faith at the same time. You can't, you can't be, you know, going around telling everybody your problems and your, your tale of woe and be in faith too. Some people, they would, they, they're more pleased by the pity and the, the sorrowful attention they get, right? Then they'd rather have that than the victory. Amen. And then the last one I want to give you before we go eat is kind of the opposite. I'm not contradicting myself here, I don't believe. but And that is we need to draw on the encouragement and strength of others. When you're really standing. I can't tell you, and God is so good in this regard, if you'll just do your part, you just refuse to be moved. And it's not fun, I'm just telling you. You've got to get, you know, this Christian life ought to be fun. There's a lot of fun in it, but... Where'd you get that? That you're not going to serve God if it's not fun. Where'd you get that at? You got down, that down at the little seeker-sensitive cotton candy church. They lied to you. I love you enough to tell you the truth. Jesus said, I don't care if they're throwing your brother to the lions tomorrow. You stay faithful to me. That's, that's what he said to the Christians in the book of Revelation. He said, you be faithful to me even unto death. You've got to put your head down to the guillotine. Just do it. Heaven's a great place. You'll be there in a minute. There's no excuse. And people today, God bless them. Oh my God, I'm, not, I'm never going back to that church. They actually want me to take trash out every now and then. Are you kidding? <laughs> Hallelujah, that's right. Amen. I'm telling you what you want to be around me. It's going to challenge you. But I tell you what. I remember it looked so dark and desperate in believing for this building. We didn't have, no bank would even have a conversation with me. You know, it's just, oh, well, we didn't have a building anymore. And uh, I mean, we were like Cortez. We burned all our ships. I mean, we, we, we it, was, it was either succeed or shut it down. And I mean, it looked dark. And I came into the office and, and my secretary at the time said, you know, you got a package today from Dr. Jacobs. I uh, put it on your desk. And uh, I went back there and sat down and opened it up. 
and he had put, he'd bought me. Uh, and I wasn't a spiritual son at that time. You know, we were just in our minister fellowship together. He said, you know, the Lord had put you on my heart and, and bought me two brand new, really expensive ties. I've still got them. And uh, in a note of encouragement. And it was, it was on time. You know what I mean? It was just on time. And I have found, I know you have too probably, in any given moment, you may not think that you, you, you may not have what you want in any given moment. Have you ever been there? In this moment, I don't have what I want. But I have found with God, you will always, always have what you need. In any given moment, you may not have what you want. I'm sure Daniel didn't want to be in the lion's den. He didn't have what he wanted. But God made sure that Daniel had what he needed. I'm sure it wasn't fun to think about being thrown into a burning, fiery furnace. They didn't want to be there. But God made sure they always had what they needed. Amen? God's good like that. I wish I had more time. I really don't. But we should really respect the danger of discouragement. Discouragement is a dangerous thing. Don't play with discouragement. When you sense discouragement starting to set in on you, you've been standing. Come on, we're all human beings, right? You've been standing, you've been standing, and you've been standing, and you've been standing. Listen, the Bible says we will reap. If, there's that big word again, if we don't faint, if we don't give up, if we don't quit, if we don't lose heart. And it's in those moments where, I've been there. Have you been there? I've been there where I could go, I could quit right now. This would be a great, great time right now to toss my white towel into the ring. Right here would be a, I don't think anybody would even blame me if I just threw it in right now. And it's in those moments where God will either bring or you should seek out the aid, the help of another brother, a sister, someone strong in faith, someone not going through what you're going through. Not to pet you, not to pity you, but to encourage you, to speak words to you. Moses didn't go up on that mountain by himself. Oh, was it Aaron and Miriam? Those two that were there with him. And when his hands got tired, they were there to hold him up. And the Israelites, they had a victory instead of a defeat on the battlefield that day because he had people around him that would keep his hands up when he wanted to put them down. And I tell you what, that is where our household of faith becomes so precious, so rich. Yeah, you could be a Christian without a church, but you can't be a good one. You can be a Christian, go to heaven, sure enough, without a church, without a pastor, but you can't be a good one because you're living in disobedience to the Word. Amen? You can stand up with me today. And I don't know where you're at. Praise God.